We at the Cato Institute try to live our principles, and that means taking no government money. So it's through support from people like you that we're able to work toward our shared vision of individual liberty, limited government, free markets, and peace. Please consider supporting the Cato Daily Podcast and the broad mission of the Cato Institute by visiting cato.org slash podcast sponsor and learn more about the benefits of sponsorship. Give $1,000 and I'll gladly give you a shout out on the podcast. Thank you. This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Saturday, December 25th, 2021. I'm Caleb Brown. Human freedom for most of the world's population is in decline. And that's been true for a while. That's the big takeaway from the Cato Institute's Human Freedom Index. I spoke with Cato's Ian Vasquez about the index last week. The Human Freedom Index is a publication of the Cato Institute and Canada's Fraser Institute. Um, What are the components of that index? Well, we look at 82 distinct indicators of economic, personal, and civil freedoms to rate 165 countries in the index beginning in 2008. And we look at categories like the rule of law, security and safety, movement, freedom of religion, freedom of association, freedom of expression, relationship type uh, freedoms, and all sorts of economic freedoms. And for the average person who's looking at your report and seeing, hey, this data ended a year or two years ago, what is the conclusion that they need to draw from that? Well, first of all, all international indexes use comparable data, and that data comes out with a two-year lag. That's that's normal. So this index measures freedom from 2008 to 2019. And that, of course, is especially important this year because in 2020, COVID began and things really went uh, haywire. So everything you're about to tell me uh, with respect to uh, human freedom has been before COVID-19 and sort of the requisite uh, the things, That's right. The things that governments did to abridge freedom in that time. And it's important to keep that in mind, given some of our findings. So the big finding um, is that the vast majority of the world's population is living under a regime of declining freedom. So what we found is that 83% of the world's population is less free now than uh, it was in 2008. That is to say that... Uh, the vast majority of the world's population is living in countries that have lost freedom over that time. And that includes the 10 most populous countries in the world, China, India, the United States, Indonesia, Pakistan, Brazil, Nigeria, Bangladesh, Russia, and Mexico. And some declines in on that list and, and the list of countries that have seen uh, declines have been uh, quite dramatic. The important here, thing to say about this are these are trends that began before COVID. And we know that uh, once COVID hit, we saw a lot of our freedoms uh, be reduced, both in rich countries and poor countries, both in democracies and non-democracies. The situation was uh, extreme in authoritarian countries. We've seen what dictatorships have done. So we can fully expect that when the data becomes available next year, unfortunately, we're going to see yet another drop in global freedom. So uh, to what can we attribute the decline in freedom in these large countries? It's been a trend that's been going on during this time period. And what we see is that the biggest declines have been occurring in the areas of freedom of expression, freedom of uh, religion, and freedom of association, assembly, and civil society. So 
there does seem to be in many countries around the world a sort of increase in intolerance, uh, both in in terms of actual laws and um, freedom of expression itself, and how people feel uh, they're they're actually able to express themselves uh, as they as they wish. And there there may be uh, a number of factors. One of them um, could be the financial crisis itself. Um, that is the big question uh, that everybody's asking: is why has there been a rise of authoritarian populism and different forms of populism uh, around the world at this time? Some people um, seem to think that that's the answer to the problems that they perceive. And yet, uh, one of the things that we find with our our index, since it tracks countries' performance over time, is that if you look at the countries that have that are governed and have been governed by populist regimes. Uh, India, Venezuela, Turkey, uh, Hungary, you see notable declines in freedom. And if what we say is correct about the relationship between freedom and and human well-being, this is especially bad news. It's bad that people are losing their fundamental rights, but it's also bad for prosperity and for other indicators of of human well-being. With respect to the other indexes that get produced, uh, one of them, of course, is uh, published by the Fraser Institute and the Cato Institute is the American publisher of that uh, Economic Freedom of the World Index. Um, there is this relationship that exists between economic freedom and and we might view those other kinds of freedoms as downstream from uh, economic freedom. I think one of the things that the empirical evidence is showing us is that there's a strong relationship between economic freedom and personal freedoms. That is to say that if you want to live in a country with relatively high levels of personal freedom, then you better choose a country with relatively high levels of economic freedom. It, you you can't really uh, have uh, a lack of economic freedom and expect that uh, you're going to be able to sustain all these uh, other civil freedoms like uh, freedom of speech or of association. <laughs> uh, with all that as the backdrop, what's the happiest story to be told in the Human Freedom Index for this year. Not all countries are are doing uh, poorly, and some countries have seen notable increases. I think two countries that stand out are Taiwan and Estonia. They've seen notable improvements over a short period of time in their level of overall human freedom. And what's especially uh, notable about that is that they weren't starting from a low level where increases would be relatively easy to make. They were already relatively high on the uh, on the list, and they've been able to achieve that uh, those gains. Estonia is ranked uh, number four now in our list, and Taiwan is ranked uh, number 19. And like I say, both countries, if you look at a graph, just see this, this big increase in their freedom. M- maybe it has something to do with being neighbors to particularly hostile, repressive regimes that are threatening. So if maybe they're not taking freedom for granted as much as uh, countries like the United States might. I think that that's, uh, that's true. And, uh, and unfortunately, the United States is one of those countries that I mentioned is on the list of, of having lost freedom. In 2008, it was ranked seventh in our index, and now it's number 15. 
And uh, so uh, from 2008 on, there was a, uh, a pretty notable drop in its, in its freedoms. Then for a few years, it started to recuperate somewhat, but then it started to drop again. And, and in recent years, we see a drop in the United States, both in personal freedoms and in overall economic freedoms. And that's worrisome. I don't expect those trends to be reverted in the next few years, given what we're seeing. Ian Vasquez is co-author of The Human Freedom Index, now available at the Cato Institute website. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast pretty much anywhere and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.